six-pack Lapidat, and this is starting to become a bit of a ritual, gentlemen. <laughs> it's starting to become expected. Um, I mean, listen, when I show up at the IPF Worlds, I get stopped in the hotel, and people are like, um, I just downloaded uh, the, the podcast, the preview show. Um, they know Matt Gary scouting. They know... Um, I'm trying to think of something nice to say about Paul's picks, but I was going to say they, Paul's they know copying. I'm going to they know I'm going to pick what Matt Gary picks. <laughs> they know he, Paul will echo Matt Gary's sentiment, <laughs> but they um I get stopped and I'm like man that preview show I even got people telling me because they're lifting and they're if they're lifting in the open and they're getting talked about they're like I couldn't listen to it. No offense, I listened to the show I couldn't listen to the picks because you know I don't want it in my head I don't want it either which way and then some people are like ah. Shit, I listened to it anyways. I told myself I wasn't gonna. So, um, but here we are, as we always do about this time. This is the IPF preview show. Um, we are gonna split this into two shows. Now, I believe in the past we had done men's and women's. This time, we're gonna do in chronological order because it makes sense if we're putting out content, um, if you're ripping through podcasts. Um, we're going to do the first three days of the IPF Open on this first episode. Men's and women's, the first three days. Because if you're downloading and you're listening, sometimes you might get through the first podcast. And then by the time you get to your second podcast, we don't want you to have missed things. And, and you're listening to it. And now we're talking about things that you already saw on the podcast. It only makes sense, right? Uh, so then we'll do the final two days of the Open. I believe it's two days after that. It's five, five days of the Open, right, gentlemen? Yes, sir. So we'll do the following five days. So the first, just so we know, the first three days of the Open are going to include uh, the women's 47-kilo class, 42-kilo class, men's 59-kilo class, women's 57-kilo class, men's 66-kilo class, women's 63-kilo class, and then the men's 74-kilo class and women's 72-kilo class. Now, if you're not sure... Who is in those classes? And I'm just rhyming off numbers to you. We got some scraps. We got some battles. We got some big showdowns coming. Okay, so that is today's episode. And then all the other weight classes after that are going to be on the next episode dropping. So I am joined by Paul and Matt. And uh, I guess, gentlemen, with uh, no further ado, um, I guess we could start off the show real quick as a preview if there's anybody in the uh, Juniors Masters you think we should keep an eye on, Gary? Uh, as far as the Juniors for the uh, – well, are, are we, I guess we're going in chronological order here. So for um, looking at the, uh, the 47 kilos and 52 kilos, not, I mean, not necessarily. I, I, I didn't see anything that, you know, stood out too uh, – too, too brightly. Yeah, for uh, juniors masters, we'll just get the highlights. If there's somebody that you think future star or, or a previous star, like a David Ricks, that you might want to tune into, some of the big names. Yeah, I think, let me, uh, let me. I'm pulling the nominations back up here because. I, I, um, I tell you right now, okay? I, I'm going to say this before you say it because I know you're going to say it because you're a powerlifting guy and you know talent. Have you heard of the six-pack Lapidite kid, 83-kilo master from Canada? <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay. I, he's probably all over your database right now. It's going to be and, a good And I, I, yeah. I probably just cut you off because you're about to say that. I probably just cut you off, Gary, and I apologize. But um, I'm going to beat you to the punch. I'm going to fire that off. I think we're all pretty high on him. Um, I mean, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's but, uh, Paul, 
I mean, you're you're not you're not you were nominated what about seventh? But I mean, ba- ba- your training is looking good, man. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. I'm, I'm creeping in under the radar. We're gonna yeah. see. We're gonna see, Gary. I look at honest prediction. I think I'm gonna collect some hardware, but uh, I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased. Well, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I think Canada might have a little bit of hardware. Historically speaking, if I may say, for a team uh, in terms of the Masters, and we'll, we'll rip through the Masters pretty quick. Um, there is some there is some big names that are in the in the Masters this year, um, but the Canadian team has often won the Masters at the World Championships. We have a really solid Masters program, um, so we I don't know where we're standing this year, but usually we're number one or two in terms of the Masters. But um, yes, so in terms of mass, it, it's we know we got look look we got David Ricks who's Superman himself. Now you were saying before we started, you were saying David Ricks runaway favorite, and then I said let's hold let's hold the phone, let's hold the phone because we heard this story, <laughs> sir. And um, I don't think lightning's gonna strike twice. But David Ricks last year, who can David can hang in the open. He went toe to toe with Jesse Norris, and it went down to the last deadlift to win the U.S. Raw Nationals in the open. And there was, well, this is ancient history because Jesse Norris is a young man. We're talking a couple years ago. Um, so that's David Ricks, who's literally I don't know if you know this, he's 175 years old. <laughs> 175 years old, and he achieved that. Um, so at 177, believe he's still he's still good stuff. And last year. Um, bombed out on squats. Everybody thought a runaway favorite, and a Canadian actually took the W and took the gold medal. And I tell you what, I talked to the guy backstage, and he looked like he just won the lottery. <laughs> he was like, and I'm not joking, Matt. I asked him, "What's next?" He goes, "Are you kidding me? I'm fucking, re- I'm retiring, man. What are you? What, what am I gonna stop yeah. this? I just to knocked be able, to be I, able to see you knock David Ricks off the podium. I, I just knocked out Mike Tyson and won the yeah. World Championships. I'm retiring, dude. That's it. I'm 50, whatever. I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I, I never thought I'd beat David Ricks for the World Championships. Now David kind of beat himself and bombed out, but hey, that's sports. It is what yeah, it is. That's that's a. I'll take that's, a, that's, a, that's a minor fact that's right there. Mi- you, know, you, know, you, you can leave that part out of the story when you're telling people. Don't get lost in the details, gentlemen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I don't see that happening again. I mean, Dave is, is nominated 192.5 kilos ahead of second place. And you uh, never know. And you never a, know. Yeah, as an, as an M3 and then 93 kilos. And as, as we said, his, his 830 nominated total would put him in the mix for the 93 Opens. How, uh, how so recent- I, think it's, I think it's safe to say that, that you know, Dave is going to come away victorious. I think one thing that's kind of interesting, looking at the M2s, we've got two Americans that I've actually had the pleasure of coaching um, on, a, on a couple of occasions, and they're twin brothers, Laddie and Troy Gibson. And they're in the, uh, the, the, I believe it's the M, yeah, they're in the M2 category, and Laddie is an 83 and Troy is a 93. And I've coached both, both of these guys, as I said, twin brothers. And they're both nominated... Um, top of their weight class so that would be that would be pretty cool if the can two of them can, could could win gold together can i say some championships can i say some um one of my mentors when i first started powerlifting uh, a little over 10 years ago is jeff becker from canada he's from the same hometown and um yeah y- you coached him in defeating jeff becker sir <laughs> small world yeah i can't i kept that in my memory matt i i, I held that against you a little bit yep. yeah that's okay. i mean with laddie and the 83s it's really tight there but anyway i was yep. just kind of mentioning that i think troy and laddie are great guys and it's a good you know. it's always cool when you see brothers at the top of the same sport like there are boxers um i don't know if you guys like sugar ray leonard's brother box never came close to sniffing a title but there are the odd genetic freaks where oh there, there's like a 
John Jones, his bro- two brothers play in the NFL, and he's UFC champion. Mm-hmm. There's some families with some genetic freaks. It's always a nice little, you know, where you look at like, oh, well, something's going on with this family. But um, anyone else in the Masters besides that? In the women's, perhaps? In the women's. Uh... I don't, uh, off the top of my head, I don't think so. Not, not like in terms of big stars that our listeners will know. Um, that have transitioned from the Open to the Masters. I think the biggest name is definitely David Ricks, possibly the GOAT 93. And um, it, one question real quick, that 830, just for the listeners who, who don't know, that 830 would have won him the World Championships in the Open at the last Worlds, by the way. And David Ricks, I joke, he's 175. The man is, is he not pushing 60? He's, he's damn near 60. He's almost aged out. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe he's fifty nine, going on sixty. So yeah, so he's literally pushing sixty, and that total would have won him the world championships last year. When did he register that eight thirty though? That eight thirty was. Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I I mean, I want to. I'm not sure if that was. Let me see. Um, That might have been when he went toe to toe with Jesse Norris, and gave Jesse a scare. The eight thirty. Yeah, so that 830 total, I mean, looking at that, yeah, that was exactly, that was Ron Nationals 2016. That's so total with Jesse he, Norris. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't reproduced that total since, um, so, you know, so that that's that's fair. I mean, a fair assessment is that it's been a couple of years, and, you know, as we say, father time is undefeated. So, hey, man, look uh, at, he held on long enough, and he's, he's I mean, I, I don't doubt he could be easy, he's going to be around in the 800s, no less. But that day he put up, look at him boxing, they say, um, you know, every great fighter has one more great fight in him. Be careful. Jesse Norris got a taste of that, that Nationals. But uh, anyways, what about the juniors? Is there anybody you were actually saying, uh, your girl Chloe Dublin, who's in a battle. Look at Vilma Olsen from Sweden, who's defending her home nation. Um, who I think last year edged out uh, Chloe Dublin for a medal, but Chloe wasn't 100% and was a tiger in there. But this year, we have a rematch. Both girls look ready, and it's in Olsen's home country. Sweden has a very tough team, and Chloe Dublin is looking way... Hey, look, if she wasn't 100% last year, she definitely is this year. She actually... I wanted her to repost one of her squats that I seen somebody else posting an IG story. And I go, hey, uh, are you posting that? Because I'd like to repost it. And she goes, man, I'm trying to fly under the radar. Um, (laughs) And I said to her, well, guess what? It's kind of my job. So you're getting name dropped. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) It is what it is. But heads, look out for Chloe Dublin. Um, That's a battle in the 72. 72s are always uber talented. It's no less uber talented in the juniors. What are you thinking there, Matt? You're going to be a little biased probably, but. Yeah, I think Chloe's healed up. You know, she had a <clears throat> she had a back injury last year in Canada, and Jessica Bittner definitely got the best of her. And of course, Jessica moved into the opens this year. But Chloe is, uh, you know, certainly strong enough to be lifting in the opens. I mean, she's got a five twenty nominated total. She's well coached by Jeremy Hartman, and so I, I see her rebounding nicely and uh, and 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 taking another title here. Five twenty is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. By the way, that is yeah. like which like, I would say she's the favorite. I know Olsen's super. She's strong. I don't. I don't know what well, she's up to. For reference, five twenty would put her at a nominated. I think second in the open. Yeah. Uh no. She'd be below Anna Castellane and Kim, who are tied for second. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Right. But yeah. that's podium. It's podium. Yeah. She's in podium position, and she's she's a young. I don't know. She's she's got a couple more years in junior, if I'm not mistaken. She does. Yeah, I think she was born. She was born in '99, so I believe she's. If she's, I'm not sure if she's turned twenty yet. 
Oh, geez. Okay, so that's the future right there. That she's going to be yep. a beast when yep. she gets in there. Um, but she's got a battle coming in. Any other battles we got at juniors that pop out? Men's or women's? I don't know off the top of my head because, I mean. Yeah, uh, I don't see any really off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of these, some of the junior totals, if you look at at least the nominated totals, uh, there's there's usually uh, a lot of clear separation between, you know, first and second. And sometimes the tighter battles are for the, for the podium medals rather than the gold. I'll tell you right now, um, and I don't think I'm, I'm telling you guys something you don't already know, but in terms of the juniors, um, we do have an 83-kilo class. A couple young studs who are putting up some crazy numbers here. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me just make sure I get their uh, names right now. They're both from the Pacific. And uh, one sec here. Whoa, I just passed by. I'm just look, pulling up the nominations right now. Uh, but Ian and Tim um, from both New Zealand as well as um, from Australia are just absolutely killing it with some of their lifts. And yep. um, I believe that the one kid, Ian, is still a teenager squatting. I think he hit 290 kilo in the gym, which is 639 um, pounds. That's so insane. Absolutely ridiculous weight that he's throwing around. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to pull up. And then, obviously, Tim coming from um, New Zealand, I believe, and uh, the numbers he's putting yeah, up. Yeah, he's another New Zealand boy. Just absolutely ridiculous. I'm just going to pull up here. You've got two junior Americans at 74 that are kind of tight as well. Michael C. and Richard Cho, um, strong kids. I mean, there's 20 kilos that separates them there. But, I mean, uh, if you look at their totals, those, those would be respectable totals, you know, in the open as well. Yeah, Timothy Manigati from New Zealand and Ewan Belgrove from Australia. Now, Ewan is born in 2000. How old does that make you feel? Holy smokes! And this kid, and this kid is squatting two forty. I mean, he's a kid still. Like the future, yeah. the future is scary. We think guys like Russell Orie and them. I don't know how quick the sport's moving too damn quick, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, this is what he's posting up. But um, and then no less, look at Timothy uh, Menegotti, who's born in '96. He's I've seen him put up some big numbers in the gym. Um, I mean that two that or sorry that seven thirty two point five total he's walking in with is going to get smashed um i'm expecting him to take that probably into the late 700s if he's if he's healthy um it kind of depends i mean he's got a bit of a weight cut he moved up from, from 74 not very long ago and filled it in but kids that age man they're still growing you know so that's not necessarily shocking yeah and i would give a shout out also to connor borkert who's our our junior at 93 he's coached by brad coolyard who's uh, charlie dixon's coach and uh, he's been making some incredible strides. So and I know he's excited to be competing uh, over there. And so I'm expecting big things from him at 93 in the juniors. And obviously, uh, Joseph Pinna is uh, the 120 plus. Looks to be a shoe in, but the guy's a squat machine. He's hit 425 and a half kilo, um, which is just ridiculous. Uh, he's people think he's going to be the youngest man to squat a thousand pounds. We're going to have to see. Yeah. And then in the yeah. I was going to I'm say, sorry, in 93 class, you've also got our Canadian boy, uh, Matt Fenna. Oh, yeah. Who, you can't really go by the nominated total, because I believe that was from Nationals this year, and he was sick when he put that up. So, yeah. But he's been crushing some weights lately as well. Yeah. So. Keep your eye out for Matt Venna and uh, Homer Moore from Canada, 6'6 six, six kilo, and, yeah. and Michael Shea, 74 kilo U.S., is just murdering it as well. 
And one more guy, uh, Tristan Nasalrod. He's coached by one of our coaches here at SSPT. Uh, he's the American 120. An interesting story about him in the past two years. Uh, so in Belarus, at one in the 120 kilo class uh, juniors, he plays third. Last year in Canada, he placed second, and so he's looking to, to move up another rung on the ladder, so to speak, and hopefully uh, take the gold. He totaled seven and a half kilos under the world record total at the Arnold oh. uh, unofficially. So, uh, you know, if he has the day that he's capable of having, I think that this could be a breakthrough year for him. Uh, the guy who's nominated ahead of him, uh, the Turkish guy, his total, I think, was a little suspect only because uh, one of the meets that he did it at, I'm not sure that, you know, that meet was necessarily on the up and up. So Yeah, yeah we'll have to see. So we got some possible future stars um, so you're going to keep your eyes on uh, Luke Homer, uh, Michael Shea, obviously Timothy Managati, and Ewan Belgrove look like some future studs for the 83 kilo class. Um, and it was what most people already know, like Jay's, uh, Joseph Pena. But um, yeah, there's still definitely some scraps coming ahead. Now, if we want to move along into the open, let's start off with, um, let's do it from the top, the 47 kilo women. And uh, for my money... Now we had on Heather Connor in the lot in the last podcast, and she's saying, and and it's true, the numbers don't lie. Those nominated totals are a little lower than what you can expect. She's hit heavier, and she's capable of heavier. According to the totals, it looks like a dead even between her and Hannah Ratala from Finland, and then um, Alibert from France is only five or sorry, p- pardon me, four and a half kilo behind. But don't believe it. Heather Connor's a pretty solid favorite, and I think we can all agree you're looking at one, two, three, um, and I don't expect, barring any kind of major mess-ups by handling or someone's injured, that's probably what we're going to look at. Yeah, I'm in a, I would agree with that. Heather's training yeah. looking great. Agreed. She's totaled 397 and a half. That was at the Arnold in 2018, and then she took a little bit of time off because she had a, a personal medical issue. But she's she's back in top form. I fully expect her world record deadlift uh, to go down. Uh, I think Wei Ling Chen's uh, world record total is safe for now, but uh, but but Heather travels well, and she certainly doesn't have any weight to lose. She's always under, so she'll be eating up. And so mm-hmm. I think, uh, as Paul said, it's uh, we're, we're looking at the podium finishers right there, one, two, three, just as listed. Um, also on day one, sorry, Paul, do you want to add something? I was going to say, it's a good feeling when Matt's actually agreeing with me instead of the other yeah. way around. <laughs> well, actually, well, if I may, it was actually me who said that we're looking at one, two, three. Don't take this, but, away. Don't take but, this away from Matt. Don't take but, this away from Matt. I, Matt okay? well, well, this is okay. our moment. Sure. So, um, so we're all in agreement. So yeah. we're all in agreement. Um, we're going to agree to disagree about who said it. But anyways, 52 kilo. Um, we have uh, Joy, a rematch. Joy Namani and Marissa Inda and then Olga is still in there. Olga, born in 1970, just refuses to fade, um, but she's a feisty competitor. But Joy, who in 2017 came in just behind the top guns and um, surprised me, though. Uh, she collected a bunch of medals, but was just outside of actually taking uh, the, the big prize, but made huge strides 2017 and f- jumped onto everybody's radar as somebody to watch out for. 2018 rolls around, and um, everybody's talking about Joy. Great Britain's Joy, and she just posted, I believe that 432.5 is likely from those worlds, um, unless she's lifted since and posted that, but 
Um, Joey is, is the favorite, lifts beltless, hits major squats, the number one squat, um, got a massive deadlift and does it all beltless, which is just ridiculous to me, but the shoe fits kick it. Obviously it's working for her. And then Marisa Inda and Inda is, is despite being born in 76, um, she's starting to hit some strides here. She's starting to, she's starting to put together in terms of her training, some big pulls, big squats, and it looks like she's getting a bit of a second win. Second win now. Marissa actually won that 2017 World Championships, and is looking to reclaim this title. And I'm thinking it's going to be a battle. If you put a million dollars on the table, um, and told me to gamble it on somebody, obviously uh, Joey being substantially younger um, and the defending world champ got a bigger total. She's going to be the favorite, but Inda should not be um, overlooked. Put it that way. But I'm thinking it's going to be Joy, and then I'm thinking it's going to be Inda. And then if we're talking about the third place, it's between what I can see. We have It's going to be close, but we have Olga. We got Monica Dip and Vargas Ochoa from Ecuador, and that's within five kilo of each other. I'm going to be showing my bias here. I'm going to go with Dip from Canada, just a kilo away from Olga. I think uh, it, it stands to reason Dip is born in 92, Olga's born in 1970. I think they're going in different directions with their careers here. So my picks, I think Joy's a favorite, Inda for second, and Monica Dip hops onto the platform and grabs a bronze. But I'm telling you, Inda's going to come swinging. I'm telling you she's going to come swinging. And um, so we'll see what happens. What do you got? What do you gentlemen say? Paul, maybe you go first. Is this just so I can't follow Matt? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. No, I'm going to go the exact same way. I'm going to say Joy because, quite frankly, she's got squat. She's got dead. Yeah. Never really looks pressed and dead as well, despite the fact she goes beltless. Like, she always looks like she has more in the tank, and she's got youth. Inda, same thing. Like, training's been going great, it looks like. She's just pulled a PR on dead, I believe, Yeah. recently. And then Monica, I follow as well. And I remember watching her at Nationals this year, and she just looks like she's even just beginning to hit her stride. I think she's actually going to put up a total that... Probably shocks some people. Yeah, it'll be in the 400s. Yeah. It'll, it'll arrive. I think she's going to end up on the platform. What do you think, Matt? Uh, we're all three of us are in identical agreement. Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah, I'm going with Joy number one, Marisa two, and I and and Monica uh, third. As you said, Father Time is not on Olga's side. God bless her. She's been plugging away. She has totaled 425, but that was back in 2017, and it seems that you know, as we said, kind of the calendar, you know, is. Uh, is, is catching up to her a little bit. And so she, she seems to be on a downward trend as of late. And ter- so, so I'm going to go with Monica at three. And, uh, yeah, the, the other two, as you all said, with, uh, with Joy, you know, having the, the big squat and the big dead, I mean, she's in all likelihood, you know, going to be pulling for the win depending upon the day that Marisa has. As Paul said, Marisa just hit a big 190 PR deadlift in training. However, let's not forget that Joy is only traveling from Great Britain and Marisa's coming all the way from California. And mm. so that, uh, you know, that, that's a long trip and a lot of travel. And so, you know, you, you got to give a little bit more of a home game advantage, if you will, to Joy. But I think we're, the three of us are in, in agreement here. So we're going to move into the 59-kilo men. Um, it's not exactly, I mean, it's basically a deadlock here. Sergei Fedoshenko has been winning this for years, probably going to keep winning this for years. Um, he's so far ahead. And here's the problem. You can respect the fact the guy is creating a dynasty in the 59 kilo. 
but it doesn't. It makes it tough to get exciting for when literally this guy can win on openers. Um, it looks like the the it's just the 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 end result. You hate to say it's never in doubt because, like we said, even Superman has swung a miss before, and he and he didn't need to swing so hard. But I think Fedoshenko is going to play it safe. Team Russia knows this is a great opportunity to pick up a lot of team points, so they're probably going to play it safe, open low, take what he needs, um, eat the food that's there. Fedoshenko takes it. Uh, beyond that, I mean, Franklin Leon from Ecuador, solid. He's been around the block, but Cole Metz is a young kid from the U.S. Um, he's the youngest of the bunch. And he's rising fast. I'm expecting him to take a medal. Can he unseat um, Franklin Leon and make it a silver? Not sure. But um, he's young. He's born in 99. And he's definitely... If his progress is there, he's within swinging distance. I, I, I'm not... Uh, I would like to see... That's really where the battle is, is for who takes silver. Yeah, I know. I mean, as you said, Sergey, unless he has some sort of... Barring some sort of injury that he has to pull yeah. out, he's a lock for first. I'm going to go with Cole for second, though. Yeah. I you believe think, in the kid. I think it's another case where you're just, it's the youth. You just got to go with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Paul here. I mean, Sergey obviously takes it. Uh, Cole just totaled six Oh two and a half, actually the same total that Leon, uh, that Franklin Leon totaled. He did that at our collegiates, uh, back in April. So as you said, Ryan, he's on the rise. He's younger. Uh, that total that, uh, from Franklin Leon, I believe it's from worlds last year. Uh, so, I mean, look, you got to expect that he's gotten stronger as well. But uh, I, I guess being a homer, I'm going to I'm going to pick Cole, assuming that Cole, you know, makes all of his lifts and doesn't, you know, have some sort of catastrophe. I'll take Cole at second and Franklin in third. OK, so moving on to day two and we're going to open off day two of the world championships in the open starts with the 57 kilo women and listen to me this is a freaking battle i have paul beside me who's pulling up the numbers and this one is a tough one for me to break down and let me run off and tell you why canada has not yet had a woman win the classic in the open world championships maria t god bless her has been very close um a perennial star for Canada, you know, Wilkson well into the 500s, coming at the in at these world championships, nominated first, and everybody's excited, okay, Maria has been on top of her game for a few years now, and in the mix, and whether she's lifting as a 63 kilo woman, or a 57 kilo woman, always, always a favorite to finish on the podium, despite those being uber talented classes for women, it's just the way it works. Women walking the face of the earth usually are going to fall within these categories. And she happens to be right there. So she's got a thick field to fight against. And despite that, she's always a podium favorite. And looking at these, everybody in Canada is excited. Oh my God, she's nominated first by a landslide on the nominations. Could this be it? Could this be the one? Now here's the caveat. And... You know, I mean, look, I love, I like Megan too. I had her on here a couple times and, and yeah, she's great. You know, she's got a great story herself. She's, she's a, a phenomenal athlete, but do not believe her nomination for a second. I'm going to tell you right now, 175 kilo is her nominated squat. And she just took the world record and took it for a double, which is ridiculous. Doubled it. Not even just the world record. She took above the world record. Above the world record. Yeah, 14 kilos above the world record. Decimated the world record for a double. Yeah. That's ridiculous. 
taking the world record for a dub. Um, I mean, unless she is cutting some massive weight, that is ridiculous. Um, then not to mention her bench is up, her, her, her deadlift. She has 175 kilo nominated for a deadlift. I know for a fact, we just seen her posting up. I think she did 182 and a half kilo, just over 400 pounds. And she's taking that for threes and, and her nomination is 175. Obviously that was her third attempt. Her total, her God knows where it is right now. I don't know if she cuts a heck of a lot of weight. I've, we talked to her on a podcast a couple times. She's obviously going to be cutting. She's got to fly to do it. But I'll tell you what, so does Maria. Maria's lifted as a 63 the last couple of years. Maria's got to cut probably an equal amount. So I already know Maria is actually already at weight. Um, oh, okay. Wow. She was a very, very light. I believe she was at 58.9 or something like that at nationals. Mm. And she's been cutting since then. Um, so that might play into a little bit for her numbers. Yeah, I mean, well, certainly her numbers that she's posting are closer to what you'll see on the platform if the cut is small. Um, but that being said, look, at if you're taking world records for multiple reps, you can afford a percentage of your of your lifts going down and you still yeah. could be skating away. This one is really tough for me because everything I said, and let me, listen, I like Megan. She's a good kid. Kit had her on the podcast. She's got a hell of a story. But damn it, man, Canada needs this gold medal. Um, you know, it'd be the first. It's tough if I'm, if you, again, you put a million dollars on here. Based off of what I'm seeing in the training, I got to think Megan is going to be the favorite going in to take that gold. And um, I don't think anyone coming up behind is going to is gonna take anything away from Maria in terms of bumping her from that silver. I think the gold is going to be either between Maria and Megan. And I think, um, you know, they're firm on that. They don't have to worry about protecting the silver while eyeing that gold. That's not going to be the situation. Um, but I think Megan is the favorite just based off of what I'm seeing in the gym. Having said that, Maria's a proven commodity. And um, Megan's putting numbers in the gym. We haven't seen her post up on the platform I got to see what happens with this weight cut and flying. It's the first world for Megan. It's the first time she's going to try to water load while flying, which is really difficult, and then take the water out of her system and then in a different country. Like, these are factors. Marie's been around the block. I know she has to do the same thing, but she's done it before. She's been at several worlds. She's meddled. Um, I'm just interested in seeing that. I, I know based off of what I'm seeing Megan in the gym, I will concede she's the favorite. Okay, I don't think I think we're all probably going to say that. I mean, you can't be taking the world t- world record list for reps and not be the favorite. But there's some factors here. There's I think we're all in agreement. This is a battle, and it's closer than gym list might might say. I think this is one where it's going to come down to who goes nine for nine. Because I know watching again watching Maria lift at our national championships where she set that four eighty three, she had some more in the tank on deads, but she lost to her last on grip. She had more in the tank on bench, but she lost her first attempt because they forgot to change the safety height and she smoked it off the pegs. Mm. So there's a few factors you got to take effect, like into account on this one. But as you said, when Megan's taking every single world record for reps, it's starting, it's it dashes the hopes not to of mention, Canada. Not to mention the fact that if we look back to the Arnold, which I don't believe this is her nominated total from the Arnold, she beat out Sam Calhoun. It's really on total. So, I mean, it's... What What are you thinking, Matt? What, what's... 
What's your, all right, what's your take? All right, so a, cu- a couple of things breaking this down. Uh, to be So let's start with Maria. Her nominated total of 483 was done at 63 kilos. That wasn't done at 57. Oh. Her PR total at 57 is 468 and a half. So that kind of brings things back down to earth. I absolutely love Maria. I've been rooting for her. Uh, she's, she's such a sweetheart. And, uh, and I agree with you. It, it, it's really... Uh, the, the hopes and dreams of Canada, you know, lie with her because they've never had, you know, a, a Canadian female win. And as as funny as this may seem, I think it could come down, of all things, to Maria uh, pulling at the end for the win. And I know that sounds crazy, but let me explain why. Uh, lot numbers and body weights are going to be crucial in the squat because both of them are going to take above the current world record, which is held by Jennifer Milliken. The current world record is 174 and a half. So I think it's safe to say that that's going down. I spoke to Megan today. Uh, she is cutting, uh, but she and she didn't let the cat out of the bag in terms of how much, but she said she's on track. Her prep is better now than it was for the Arnold, which she's quite surprised by. So she's really excited with how things are going. As we all three of us said, uh, she just squatted 189 for a double which is just absolutely unreal uh, to think that she's, you know, 14 kilos above the world record. Now, granted, she's heavy, and and the weight cut, she's, you know, may not be able to squat that after the travel and the cut, but we'll see. Uh, So I think the lot numbers and body weight are going to be crucial here in the squat discipline because you're going to be playing and jockeying there, and if you're smart, you may go for a match instead of, you know, trying to go for more. Uh, In the bench, I think Megan's bench is looking a little bit stronger than Maria's of, of recent, but Paul, to be fair, you mentioned that she hit the pens and had a little bit of a you know, mishap there at nationals. I, I didn't see that, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking that, you know, for what it's worth. And I just think that the, the, it's going to actually come down to the deadlift. And I know that Maria's had trouble hanging on to third pulls, uh, but she on paper uh, has deadlifted more than Megan. So once again, I mean, it could be really, really ironic that it could come down to Maria actually having the winning pull in her hands. I mean, just think about that for a second. You know, she she might have it in her hands, and that's not her best lift. I mean, we, we think of Maria as being a squatter. And I think lots of times, to be fair, with big squatters, you have to let the rope out a little bit. You have to allow them to be more aggressive because she's not a huge deadlifter. Uh, you, you have to put a little bit more on her squat and treat the squat like her deadlift. Because you can't just say, well, we're going to go with two and a half under on the, you know, on the squat, and it would just load it up at the end. Yeah. Now, all that being said, I just think that it could come down to Maria's last pull. I really do. But I'm picking Megan to win. I think Megan is in top form. I know that Maria's got the experience. But I just I, – I, I think Scanlon's squat right now is just otherworldly. And I think her bench is a little bit ahead of Maria's, which is really going to force Maria into an uncomfortable situation. So I'm going Megan one, Maria two. And then as far as three, you've got three people fighting for the bronze here. And I was doing some research on all of them. And God bless Ina Filomenova, who's been at it for uh, you know a long time. She's an absolute legend. Uh, but also, just kind of as of late, I think she's kind of been on this downward trend. Uh, you know, and, and hasn't been putting up her best numbers. So I'm going to go with Bobby Butters there from Great Britain. I took a look at her training, and her training seems to be on the rise. So I'm going to take Butters at three. Nice, yep. Um, and also, quick shout-out, just out of uh, of that 
Uh, Trissa Jung from Canada is um, just outside of 430, but I mean, 440 nominee total and probably podium. I, I, you know, I haven't taken a lot, a whole, in terms of the, the other women, I just know the other Canadian because she is Canadian. So I see her at nationals, whatever, but um, Bobby Butters looks like a solid enough pick. If you say her, her, um, you know, it's going well. Although I will say this about the Ecuadorian, um, Monserrati, if I'm butchering her name, sorry, but she's got a big dead, 187 and a half. And she does, yeah. If you're pulling, if it's, she has the exact same nominated total as Bobby Butters, which is a phenomenal name. She's got to be, uh, get some sponsorship with a name like that, let me tell you. But um, <laughs> if, you, if you got the bigger dead, in terms of, in terms of splitting a tie, I think I'm going to go with the Ecuadorian, uh, Kenya, only because if you're pulling for the podium and they have the exact same nominated total, if they're that close, yeah, I'm gonna pick the, I'm gonna pick the bigger deader all the time just because for, you just load sure. up the, you load up the bar for the for the podium. And for me, I'm actually gonna go with Teresa Jung. It, it, so, so so I know she's she I know she's like she's good. She's she's hasn't been doing it long and her progress has been her really progress good. has been good and that total was also set at a weight class lower at nationals this year. Ah so what are we looking at then? What's a more realistic it's so hard to say. She it's, hasn't competed it's, yet. it's hard to say because I don't believe she's competed at this weight class yet. So so what is when Marisa put in 43, what did she weigh in? Was she a, a small She was just under 60 kilos. Okay. So she wasn't a full on 63 kiloer, but she wasn't 40 yeah. 57 either. So it's fair she's somewhere she's she's lower than that, but we'll see. And Teresa when she actually set that total, she was at 55 and a half. So so she's in between her as well. You know, that's, and these are factors. Like th- yeah. this, it, that's where nominations don't tell the whole story. And then talk about Megan's nomination, throw her right out the window. Although she's Look, got a cut. The, the, the world record squat and the world record total are both going down. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, 100%. What you are guaranteed is a lot of these women are closer than it looks and it's going to be a dog fight. I was going to say, and the other thing that actually might play into the account for Teresa for her battle for third is I know she missed her second. I can't remember why on deads, but she hit it, absolutely smoked it on her third. Just retook the same yeah. weight. So we'll so see. So that can also play into account here. You know, we'll see. You, like the Honestly, the podium, to get on the podium, there's a battle for gold, and then after that, and silver's going to be the loser of that battle. And uh, I use the term loser loosely, yeah. obviously. And then it's, it's, the battle for bronze is tight. Like you have three through six is going to be a, a like straight battle for that bronze medal. And it's always nice when one through six is, is possible podium finishes. Now, uh, moving on to the 63-kilo class, gentlemen. I think we all know the favorite here, and Matt is... Matt may be fa- biased. He might be biased. <laughs> you know what? You know, you know what? Before we do the 63-kilo, um, let's do it in perfect order. It's the 66-kilo men. They go first in terms of uh, who's up on day two. So let's do the 66-kilo men. Just shifting over the focus now. Um, this is a battle. I love the background story here. Let me quickly say it for those of you who don't know. Sergey Glatkick um, won back-to-back world championships in 2016 and 2017. 2016 did not miss a single lift. I believe did not take a single red light. 2017 did not miss a single lift. I believe did not take a single red light. I dubbed him Mr. Perfect, the way he performed, the way he executed, the way he hits the platform, so stoic, his face doesn't change, if he's at all nervous, he doesn't show it, perfect technique, perfectly played game plan, 
um, right to the very end, back-to-back worlds. And when it's tough, and these divisions are tough, people miss because you get pushed. People missed because there's pressure. You have something go wrong. A weight cut. We've heard at the very top of the game, you see it happen to the top guys, top women, and he didn't miss a single lift and was absolutely flawless in his performances. So I dubbed him Mr. Perfect, and then comes Calgary, and Charles Apoko from the U.S., six years his junior, a young kid, and we're thinking, can he do it? And in Calgary, Charles pushed him like nobody's pushed him, and we saw Sergey actually miss his third squat, and it became, oh my God, Mr. Perfect has a chink in his armor. Charles took the world record squat, and as they say, the rest is history, took Glad Kick's world title, and has been an absolute stud ever since. Um, I mean, he's he's looking. We had him on the show to post up. He wants deep into the 700s in terms of a kilo total. Glad Kick beat him. He wanted to be the first 66-kilo lifter to total 700. Glad Kick beat him to the punch. But um, he has the opportunity of doing it first at the World Championships. And Charles actually said, because they have a rivalry now. Okay, Charles even said, that just makes me more hungry. This Glad Kick guy, when everyone called him Mr. Perfect and he's walking around, he had a bit of an air to him. You know, and he's like, I, and, and maybe Charles is reading into himself because, he, you know, you're looking for that. You're looking for motivation. And, um, and they have a rivalry in Calgary. It's renewed. You know Glad Kick went home and he said, oh, hell no, that's not the best I could do. Posted up a 700 kilo total. 66 kilo classes. Never seen a 700 kilo total. And that's what Glad Kick can post. That's the type of flavor Glad Kick brings to this and, uh, and Charles has got a scrap in him. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say Sweden, the hometown country, has her hometown boy, world champion junior, Eddie Berglund, stepping into the open, absolute stud, has a 213.5 kilo bench. He's a 66 kilo lifter. My friends, it's a, he's a freak bencher. Um, and his bench will trigger all types of people on Instagram because it's uh, just a ridiculous arch. But nonetheless, he's not far behind. He's got a 700 and, or sorry, 676 kilo nomination. That's only four kilo off Charles Apoko, who's the reigning world champion. Now, Charles has done more, and we're expecting him to go deep in the 700s. But I think it's going to be an absolute battle um, for first, second, and third. Believe me, all three of these men can win it. Believe me, and listen, Eddie Berglund is a young kid. He's capable of making some huge gains, and he's got home court advantage. You know, he's, he has no travel. He has all of his family behind him. It makes a difference when you look in the crowd. You see your mother. You see your father. You see whatever, and they're all there, and you have no travel. You're sleeping and eating, you know, home-cooked food. It's a difference. Paul, you're about to say I was going to say, it should be mentioned, though, if we're talking about young kids, Charles and Eddie are the same age. No, they, but uh, I'm like no doubt. But yeah. what I'm saying is though, um, his his gains like, and I'm not taking look at. I'm not taking nothing away from Charles. As a matter of fact, it leads me to say, let me go right into my picks. I think Charles, from what I've seen in the gym, from what I've seen his lifts in terms of training, and from what I've seen of the kid on the platform, and man, he's. He's a sassy contender, and I like it. He walks onto that platform talking trash like Ali walking into the into the ring. You know, like he he does. You know, when he said when I said he he felt affronted a little bit by how Gladkick was carrying himself in Calgary. He's Mr. Perfect. He kind of deserves it, but he felt almost a little bit affronted. Like, hey, come on, man, you're you're underestimating me. 
Um, he probably see, he probably tells himself that even if Gladkick was like, man, I wasn't looking at you any other funny ways. But when you're a fighter, you know, when you need you play those mental games with yourself, Charles is that kid. He's a scrappy kid. I like how he carries himself. He's a good kid. In between meets, you catch him on the meet, he's all business. And I think if we're coming, it's gonna be it is gonna be a fight. Gentlemen, this is one of the best showdowns we have. Believe it. We're going into the 700s for the first time ever in the 66 kilo class at the World Championships. You will see number one and number two in the 700s. And Eddie is capable of also going in the 700s. You could see a podium of 700s, possibly. Believe it. But let me tell you, if it's a fight, I think Charles is going to be the favorite. And very rarely will I go against the man with the bigger deadlift. And that is Gladkick. Very rarely when it's this close... Do I go against the man with the smaller deadlift only because Charles's day is over and then Gladkick gets the pull? And I know Gladkick is telling himself, I let that kid get me riled up last time and I, I extended myself in squats, missed squats, missed my, missed my third squat, missed my third bench, and then I missed my third dead and I got out of pocket. If Gladkick stays in the pocket... And make sure he goes six for six. Stop trying to go toe-to-toe with Charles. Conceit the squat event. Conceit where you have to conceit. That's fine if you conceit the squat. Conceit the bench because Charles has got a bigger squat and bigger bench. And then on the deadlifts, cover your ground. And I think last time, Mr. Perfect did not like conceding. Tried to go toe-to-toe and it was a problem. And you can't win them all. I think I think Gladkick's going to come in more reserved this time. I think Charles is going to have a hell of a battle, but I think he's going to pull it out. Um, and, and I believe him when he says set, expect the 715. But I say this with a grain of salt because I fully expect Gladkick to go 6 for 6 this time, and we know he's capable of it, and just relying on his dead and conceding squat and bench if need be to go 6 for 6. Because God knows you might have squat him by 2.5. You might out bench him by 2.5. He's out pulling Charles by roughly 15. He doesn't have to go toe-to-toe. He'd be well advised to not because the kid can do it. Um, and then at that rate, I think I got Eddie as a bronze. But believe me when I tell you, when it comes to battles, I am not very confident in this because of all the things I just said. Because Gladkick is full on capable of staying in the pocket, six for six, falling behind, and he can fall behind and pull out the win. He's got more than enough in his deadlift. And that's my pick, gentlemen. Paul, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Charles for number one. I think, as you said, like I know he hit a 715 at the Arnold's at 69-ish kilos, I believe. So not a dramatic, not a drastic cut down to 66. His trainings look phenomenal. So, and just that kid's got an air of confidence about him that you you kind of gotta actually love and respect. So there's some there's some people in certain sports like Conor McGregor, Ali, the way they carry themselves, and he's not he's not as cocky as those guys. Like, don't get me wrong, but um, there's something where you're like this kid's they, different. They live for the stage. Yeah. They live for that moment, yeah. and I think that's gonna fuel them to push him even further. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see that 715 total again, maybe more, maybe a 720. It depends what he needs to win. The problem is he goes first. His day ends first. He doesn't know what he needs to win. Gladkick will know exactly when he needs to win when he loads up his last deadlift. Yeah. So that's the only issue. If Apoko and if Apoko goes out of pocket, overreaches, and misses a lift, Gladkick's like, oh, well, that's just more kilo I don't have to dead later on. You trying to change my picks? 
Is that what's going on I'm here? Ju- I, I'm just pointing out facts, my friend. I'm just pointing. <laughs> hey, look at. I'm giving my. I'm giving picks, but I'm. I'm putting caveats on this. I'm glad it's a tough guy to go against. But what are you thinking, Matt? Yeah, I think we're all three. <clears throat> I think we're all three in agreement here. Uh, we're going to see world records go down in the squat, uh, the bench, and the total without question. And I think, uh, as as you guys both said, uh, Sergey has to be six for six. The first guy who misses loses. That's just how it's going to go down. Uh, and the squats, because their squats are so close, it's going to come down to lot numbers and body weight and that whole game and so forth. Uh, but I do like Charles, so I, I know that seems like I'm being a homer, and, and, and that's fair to say. But Charles, as you said, has this air of confidence about him. I think his best is yet to come. And I think it will be closer than it was last year. As you said, Gladkick, if he's six for six, then he'll be able to put on the bar what he needs. But, uh, you know, hopefully being an American, I'm hoping that Charles can make him feel really uncomfortable. And and to your point, let's not count out Eddie with the home game. You know, he just benched 221 at Bench Worlds in Japan. Now, I know that that was bench only. Uh, but that so he's he's got the world record bench in powerlifting at two thirteen and a half. So I fully expect him to kind of, you know, split the difference, so to speak. It's a little tough to bench after squatting. But uh, if one of these two guys gets sloppy, then maybe Eddie could sneak in and steal silver. But I'm going, uh, uh, you know, Charles one, Sergey two and and uh, and Eddie at three. Yeah, and, and, and it, sh- it should also be said, look, at when number one and number two push each other too hard, and they do, yep. and people start missing lifts, like we seen Gladkick do last time, because they're pushing each other, they can both start missing lifts because they're pushing, and Eddie stays in the pocket. So Eddie's like, wow, the bronze I was trying to keep away from Chinese Taipei's uh, Sung Ting is now starting to look a lot more like a silver. It can happen. They're, they are seriously that close. I'm not just trying to build hype here. Eddie is very close. He just has to really... If he walks in there with bronze in mind, a silver can it can morph into a silver just because number one and number two seeds just push push each other too damn much. Yeah, uh, this is gonna be a great weight class. This oh, is gonna be a lot of fun. Listen, I, historically speaking, six six don't get nearly enough love. Um, the champions in Russia the previous two years, and it's tough because social media he doesn't post very much. There's a language barrier, but I'm glad an American's in the hunt and now defending not just because whatever you know, just south of the border type deal being a you know a neighbor homer if they're, that's a fucking title <laughs> in sports, but but honestly because. He can come on podcast, help hype this, and man, this is this is good. This this is one of the best. This is one of the best showdowns you're gonna have. Um, now I think we we covered that well. Now let's take a look. Now let's enter into the 63 kilo women's. Now we're entering into the land of Sam Calhoun. Let me tell you something. Last year I had said I, I thought Sam Calhoun was ready to ascend to the throne. The momentum was undeniable. Uh, she'd been in some very tough battles at the Raw Nationals. I thought she was ready. And Jen Thompson, in her early 40s, I think 44 at the time, coming back from a career-ending, what we thought could have been a career-ending en- uh, injury, doctor saying, no way it's going to happen. Um, you know, just be at your age, be grateful if everything works fine. But to squat and deadlift and move the kind of weight that you do, it's probably going to be asking much. It's asking much if you are 100% healthy at your age. You should be declining by now. And this should bump you off your throne. And then, and it was the thickest division we'd ever seen in 63-kilo class. So many stars filled. And damned if Jen Thompson didn't pull out one more great performance like sometimes all great athletes do. Now, having said that, Sam Calhoun, with the way her last dead pulled, I was like, God, I think she had. I thought I think she had that pull in her. 
You don't know. It's 2020 hindsight. 2020 hindsight. And um, it is a hell of a game. It's a world record that she got. A, a silver medal at the World Championships. First Worlds. You are gambling a lot to load the bar more when it's territory that nobody's ever seen. Her her silver medal pole was a bigger pole than we'd ever seen in 66 kilo. And that's including Kimberly Walford was in that class. So loading more easy 2020 hindsight to say, you know, so believe me, I realize we're armchair, armchair quarterbacking it. What I'm, my point isn't she should have gone heavier then. My point is she will go heavier now. And because that's the case, God bless if you're in the 66 kilo class, I think she could load up. She's not going to be behind, but even if she fell behind because of some weird freak occurrence, I think it doesn't matter. She's loading the bar for the win. She came on the podcast, said, believe it doesn't matter what the spread will be. I will always load the bar to win now. And, um, and as far as I'm concerned, that's all she wrote. And I think Sam Calhoun is your next 66 kilo queen. And possibly we could be seeing a dynasty form, although Megan Scanlon in the last podcast just said, this might be my last year as a 57 kilo. Um, so who knows what the future is going to bring, but let's not look too far ahead. God, that'd be an amazing U.S. Raw Nationals and Worlds. It's, it's a, there is a point thing to point out, the fact that Meg Scanlon did beat Sam Calhoun at the Arnold's this year. It's, in a battle it's, of 63 kilo lifters. So it's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't want to like, look at this. This is a showdown down the road. There's a lot yeah. of intangibles, whatever. Exactly. But so we'll, we'll stay on point, but it is a nice little caveat to throw out there. It's exciting. Just, to stay on point, Sam Calhoun's pretty much the runaway favorite for the 63 this year. I don't think it's going to be very heavily contested, especially if our other co host here has anything to say about it. So, yeah. So let me chime in. So, uh, naturally, uh, so I'm, I'm going to be Sam Calhoun's uh, personal coach at this meet. And, of course, I've been working with Sam for the past few years, uh, just being her game day coach. And so I, I'm, I'm definitely picking her. Uh, however, let's talk about this girl from Italy for just a second. Crazy. I think she's Yeah, Carola Gara. She's been flying a little bit off the radar, and I just want to tell you about her. So the world record total is at, at 63 is currently held by Jennifer Thompson. It's 499.5. Now, both she and Sam unofficially broke that at our last Raw Nationals. They both totaled 500.5. Okay? Well, this girl from Italy, Corolla, just totaled 507.5. What? At 64.1 body weight. Oh, my God. So she was one kilo over. Okay, one kilo over, 1.1, 64.1, and she totaled 507 and a half. She had a 182 and a half squat. She had a 137 and a half bench. So we're talking now in Jen Thompson territory for benching. That's just she's clo- she's closing in. So it it, it kind of would have been fun, you know, had Jennifer been able to come to this one to see another 300 plus uh, pound bencher. So that that 130 bench there is low for her that they have her nominated at. So this and this- she put. The, the, okay, the, this is insane that yeah, Jen Thompson could be guys, pressed yeah, yeah, I, I in think bench. You guys didn't know this. Yeah, no, no, this sir, is, we did not. Name. This is this yeah, is so this just is blown. Yeah, this. So she she totaled that at a local meet. It was in Italy, and she did it on March thirtieth. So not much longer after the Arnold, she totaled five oh seven and a half. And this was, I mean, oh legit. wow. So, so Sam is in a dogfight. Yeah. So so Sam. So Sam. Yeah. And 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 so Sam's going to be going to be in a fight here she's she, she's going to be contested uh of course you know my money's on sam i talked to her today 
Her prep is going well. Uh, she's on track with her body weight, and she's ready to put together a world record performance. Uh, I, she's going to break uh, her own world record in the deadlift. She's already unofficially done that, and she's going to break the world record total. And I Can fully expect her to execute as flawlessly as she usually does. And so, now of course, I'm banking on her. But this girl from Italy is not to be overlooked. Now watch me do a total 360 or 180 and just be like, and let me just say, Gara from Italy is the next Phenom 63 kilo dynasty. I'm saying, you heard it here. <laughs> I, just I was going to say, as a resident Italian on this podcast, oh, Paul, I'm, uh, you let us down. I was going to say, now I'm, I've got conflicting feelings here. You have conflicting feelings. How often do I bring up you being Italian? Very little. Very, very little on the podcast. Very it's, little. You wouldn't even know. No. Um, yeah, wow. when, when you do it, when you do a search of the Italians lifting and so forth, you're primarily going to see her benching because her benches are just, you know, otherworldly, other you know, kind of approaching in the sphere of Jennifer Thompson and who thought that would ever happen again. Uh, but she's, you know, she's getting close. Uh, and, and so you don't see too many of her squats and pulls. But, hey, she's she's in the neighborhood and Sam can't take her lightly. It's just nice that we're going to be able to pull last. Uh, well, take her lightly. Man, 507 and a half, that is... You know, that is absolutely ridiculous. That is taking the world record, uh, like one kilo over is the smallest of water cuts. And yep. that's taking the world record and just running away with it. That is yep. crazy. I am rattled right now. Yeah, um, so, I, yeah that's, uh, that's a little inside scoop. And then I would, I would just looking at the other lifters, I'll take Horna at, at third. Remember, she won in Belarus yep. in a depleted uh, 63 year, if you will, where yep. we didn't have some of the usual suspects showing up. But no disrespect to her. But I'll take her at bronze. And and looking, I, I tried to find some information on this girl from Georgia because uh, she's nominated with a 225 deadlift, and I couldn't find that anywhere. I can't find anything on that her seems crazy. other than just some volume squats and deadlifts that she does in training. So I don't, I don't know if that 225 is even real. But uh, if so, she could, of course, be in the running for a deadlift medal, and I'll have to be tracking her as well. <laughs> but even, like, it, that's one of those deals where you're like, Listen, you could take that deadlift medal. I'm pulling what I need to win the overall. Oh, right? for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Not a kilo more. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the deadlift medal. I'm going for the total. Wow. I mean, that seriously. Um, I'm, oh, well, first off, let me just echo um, Horna. I was there in, in Belarus. I, I was calling her win, and she's a phenomenal lifter. And absolutely, she is my pick probably for the bronze as well. It's tight. Um, I don't, you know, anything can, can shake up, especially, look at just finding out that uh, Corolla from Italy, what she just posted up. I mean, that really rattles me. That really, really rattles me. This definitely makes it a way more exciting field all of a sudden. This is like one of the best dog fights we have. Yeah. I don't even know what to, how to Wowzers, man. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. Poof. I, I guess yep. six, six, three kilo does not disappoint again. I thought this yeah, might be it's might gonna, be. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But, to say the you least, know. man. I'm glad we do these. First off, I'm glad we do this show so people realize the battle's coming, so you know when the battle's coming, when to tune in, because we're being honest. If the battle's not there, and we heard us already say, probably nothing here to see, maybe a battle for bronze if that excites you, but nothing to see here in terms of big battle. We'll call it like we see it, okay? But when it comes to a battle, like when we see a battle coming, we'll, get, we'll give it to you straight. And that's why you got to listen to these podcasts so you know if you should tune in and you're going to see some, if you're going to watch powerlifting, these are the battles to watch. Um, and thank God we got Matt Gary, who's the expert scout. Yeah. And, and you don't fly under the radar. Paul, you let me down a little bit. I thought you had some ties to Italy or something. 
Um, I let myself down on this okay. one. Okay, well, don't let your parents find I'm, out or or any ancestors. Do you have anybody in Italy still there? They, who's, who's scouting over? You got a cousin, a second cousin? I was going to say, at this point, yeah, my family over there is probably disappointed yeah. in me. I'm going to get messages afterwards. It's not... Yeah, yeah. You know what? Honestly, do you speak Italian on all jokes aside? No. I understand it. I would have assumed. I understand it from growing up. Like, like if we if we had her on the podcast. But my Italian is brutal. I will definitely insult her somehow, unintentionally, you, if we have her on the podcast. Does your brother... Your brother's not close? No. Your dad? Yeah. My dad does. Where does he live? Here in Guelph. Oh my God! How crazy that'd be if we got your dad to do be an interpreter for this. I don't want my dad anywhere near this podcast. <laughs> and what we talk Listen, about no gay or dick jokes um, until he's That's, gone. But um, but anyways, all right. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that would that would cap off day two, uh, six sixty three kilo, and we're off to day three, which begins with the seventy four kilo men, and. Um, could arguably be the best day of the entire meet. I mean, you've got three weight classes here, 74, 72 women, and 83 men. I mean, this just, man, from start Look, to finish, if you're gonna, this, might be, this might be the most exciting day of lifting at the entire championships. Outside of the 83-kilo Masters 1, I believe you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, listen, let's uh, – you know what? You're like, honestly – this is probably the day. If you're yeah. going to book a day that you just want to whatever, eat Cheetos and watch, watch streams. If I'm working on this day, I'm taking it off or calling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, quote unquote working from home, air yeah. quotes. But, um, but okay, Let, let's kick it off. 74 kilo men. So you do have Taylor Atwood from the U.S. Now let's give a little background. For any of those who didn't hear Kajel uh, Bakalins from Norway podcast, and it was a phenomenal podcast we had him on. And then Taylor came on shortly after. Kajel, in 2017, went toe-to-toe with Taylor um, and defeated the American, took the world championship, and um, obviously was flying high as the man in the 74-kilo class. Taylor came back 2018. Kajel was not there, and he won in Calgary. Now they have some unfinished business. Taylor's the world champion, but there's another man walking around right now who says, excuse me, last time I remembered, I won the world title and I beat you for it. We haven't faced off since. You haven't beat me. You're not the champ until you beat me. We had Kajal on the podcast and he said, Taylor, bring your best. Bring your best because you're going to need it. Now, Taylor came on the podcast and said, excuse me, sir, but I've only been bringing the best. Have you seen my numbers? Now, if you look at their numbers, every now and then, They'll not cut weight, peek into the 83 kilo class, and post some ridiculous numbers, both of them. Kajel in the European circuit, and Taylor, two more fanfare on the North American circuit. Now, Taylor has more people with eyes on him at the U.S. Nationals and the Arnold Classic, but do not sleep on Kajel. The man is a 10-year veteran, won the Worlds, beat Taylor in head-to-head comp, and post some big numbers, has a massive deadlift. He took the 83-kilo open world record deadlift. The guy can pull for the win, and you know what happens when you're a deadlifter, um, and you can load the bar, and Kajal can do just that. He's coming in hot. Both guys are coming in hot, and I'd be remiss. I don't know a lot about him, but I'd be remiss if I didn't point out uh, Yakov from Kazakhstan. I'm going to have to lean on my man Gary in terms of a little background. Um, in terms of Yakov from Kazakhstan and Clinton Lee from Singapore. But um, this is a battle. These guys have history. 
There's been there's been some online back and forth between them. Um, their podcast, listen, believe me, I'm not just plugging a podcast, but go back and listen to those episodes that are gold. Um, so they want the rematch, both of them. Kajel to establish, he's still number one. He never lost his title in competition. And Taylor to get that win back. And Kajel, Taylor's saying, after this, I'm floating on to the 83s, and everybody in 83 better watch themselves. And Kajel says, after this, I'm taking the 74-kilo equipped world title, and I'm ending the biggest dynasty in powerlifting with Oleg from uh, Poland, 17 or 17 or 18, Gary will know, years running in a row. And Kajel said, I'm going to end that dynasty, 17 world championships in a row by the Polish lifter. And Kajel said, I'm going into the equipped and I'm taking that and I'm taking Taylor's title from him and I'm going to regain the 74. Both guys, wildly ambitious, wildly talented and full well capable of doing this. But in this battle, there can only be one. There can only be one. Who do you gentlemen pick? If I'm looking at it, I'm thinking Taylor Dudu has lifted the more in comp. And just based off that, I have to think he's the favorite. Although, believe me when I tell you, Kajel is, um, he's definitely, let's say, a live underdog. You know, he's, he's he could pull for the win. Now, him and Taylor both got big debts. I'm not saying Taylor doesn't have a big debt. But he's he's a live underdog. This is as close to 50-50 as you can ask. Um, I think just based off of previous work on the platform, Taylor has moved, shifted more weight. He's got to be the favorite going in. And then um, after that, for, for bronze, I'm going to have to lean on Gary, but we have Kazakhstan and Singapore going toe up for that. Um, let, let's hear what you got to say, Paul. Uh, well, I'm going to start off, and I'm going to go with Taylor for the win, personally. I think, when in doubt, I know Kajel's got a massive deadlift on him. But Taylor, I don't think, has been pressed in deads to the point where he's actually shown all of his cards. Every single time you see him, he pulls his third like it's a first. Agreed. And when it comes down to it, Taylor's a subtotal guy as well. He's got a massive squat that hasn't been pushed yet. He's got a massive bench that just keeps climbing. I think when a push comes to shove and he really starts having to press, he's got a lot more in the tank than Kajel does. So I'm going to go Kajel number two, though, and then I'm going to take Clinton Lee for number three. Um, and do you know much about Clint Lee? I don't know too much. I've looked up his training a little bit. Um, with that said, I don't know anything about the Kazakhstan gotcha. lifter, unfortunately. You know. yeah, so yeah. go with what you know. I'm sticking with what I know. That's fair. And you know what? So you're thinking it, you're thinking Taylor's got a got a, a sizable lead here, or I think it'll be a dogfight. I yeah. think it's going to come down to as usual again. It's going to be who goes six for six, leading into deads. Because if you miss a lot, I mean, yeah. when it comes to a big dead. But Taylor's a perfectionist. You watch that guy lift, and it's hard to believe he's going to go anything less than six for six if he's healthy, which uh, he well, seems to be. But let me also refer back to you, a young man named Mr. Perfect, who was nothing but perfect. Yeah, um, so I, we'll see. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. History is the best indicator of the future. Yeah. And historically speaking, Taylor's been money as of late. Although Kajal would say, historically speaking, I beat Taylor Atwood. He, so let's, he, he does have that claim to him. Yeah. So let's see. What do you think, Matt? Are we going to see history repeat itself? Is it repeat or revenge? I'm going with Atwood at one, uh, just, like, just like you guys. Uh, Backlund at two. And, uh, and for all the reasons that you guys mentioned, I mean, Taylor 
is about as precise and on point as you can possibly get. And that 305 deadlift that he pulled at Raw Nationals was just laughably easy. So I believe he actually laughed during it, if I remember yeah, correctly. He, he's got he, Taylor's got more in the tank if he needs it. I think clearly, you know, uh, t- Taylor wants to be in a position to push, you know, Kel to to put something on the bar that he feels very, very uncomfortable uh, taking. I mean, uh, I know that uh, Kajel, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, has totaled 773. He did that. Uh, I want to say that was maybe a year or so ago, but I know so those so those nominated totals are a lot closer than they look on paper. Uh, but but to your point, I think Taylor is just man. He he's just out of sight. He's flying at an all time high. I think for the first time in a while, also I think he's one hundred percent healthy to the best of my knowledge. You know, he's had a couple of dings and has still performed like an absolute you know monster. So uh, but yeah, I'm going Atwood one, uh, uh, Backlund two. And then as far as three, there's not a lot of information out there on, uh, on the Kazakh. Uh, he, he did total 720 uh, at, at the Kazakh Classic Powerlifting Cup, but that was a couple years ago. So I think I'm going to go with the guy from Singapore. I'll take Clinton Lee coming in at third as well. And it does stand a reason. You did, you did mention Taylor has been banged up previously. I know in Calgary he was severely banged up. He has – he's been injured here and there. Um, that's one chink in his armor. He's he's been injured here and there. And um, if you're going previously, he got away with it due to who he, who he was facing. He's not yep. going to get away with that this time. No. Uh, if if you come in short of a hundred percent previously, all right. But if Kajel Bucklin, he's not the guy you come in. Not if you're not a hundred percent, you're not going to beat him. And and yeah, seven seven three. Kajel has put up ridiculous numbers. Just floating just above seventy four and eighty three kilo class. Yep. He's posted seven seven. He's posted eighty three kilo style totals as a blown up seventy four, and it doesn't get a lot of fanfare because it happened in Europe, smaller shows. But yep. but I'm yeah. Atwood has to be a hundred percent to take this. Let's hope it's a hundred percent for both gentlemen. And if it is, this is a classic. This is yeah, this, this is, is going to be another showdown very similar to the sixty sixes. So get your popcorn ready. You don't want to miss this one. I was just about to say this is as good as the sixty six yeah. kilo showdown. Very uh, similar style matchup. And um, having said that, so let's let's move along. So that is the first matchup of day three, which is a day you can't miss. The second matchup, which I believe, and I think you gentlemen are probably going to agree with me, is probably the best and deepest division in the women's. And that is saying a lot because we already said some of the battles are coming forward. But in the 72 kilo class, we have the return of the queen, the return of possibly the goat, depending who you ask, the return of Kimberly Walford, who has never lost her 72 kilo title. And she was, she missed out in 2018 and she wants it back. Now, Kimberly Walford will be representing the U.S. Virgin Islands and it'll be Kristen Dunsmore representing the U.S., Kimberly Walford is coming in with a 530 nominated total. Her story, I'm sure you've already heard, a massive deadlift. Um, Literally, the queen of the lifts is just her run at the top, the type of scalp she has under her resume, the the way you could go towards her in terms of the GOAT debate, which is really between her and and Jennifer Thompson, is in head-to-head matchup, Kimberly Walford defeated Jen Thompson. Now, 
Having said that, now we don't want to get it wrapped up to a GOAT debate because that can go swing either which way as far as I'm concerned. But Kimberly Walford's return, there is some caveats here. She is born in 78. She is now in her, in her 40s. We haven't seen her at the Worlds in a hot minute. We didn't see her at the U.S. Raw Nationals. We haven't seen her face this kind of competition. And when I say kind of competition, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Anna Castellane from Brazil, who's won world titles in 72, 84, in gear, out of gear, you name it, she's done it. I've seen her miss her second deadlift at the 2016 World Championships, and it was on strength. Go up and wait regardless on her third because she wanted to pull for the win. Said to hell with the silver, to hell with the bronze. I either come back with the gold or I come back on my shield and pulled out the win. That's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with Anna Castellane. She is a lion heart from Brazil, scrappy as they come. And she is also coming in with a 530 kilo total. And then on top of that, and my man Paul... Um, you might want to help me out with some numbers here, but Jessica Bittner from Canada. Let me talk about Jessica Bittner from Canada for a second here. Um, two-time world champion um, in the juniors in Calgary, held down Canada and won the world title in an Uber. Oh. Gary, you got you got to unplug your you got to put your uh, put your earphones back in. There's feedback. There's feedback. You got to put those earphones back in, love. <laughs> are you are you sneaking away for for a pee break? You sneaking away for a pee break, love? I gotta plug my computer back in. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Keep the earphones plugged in though, because we get feedback as soon as you take them out. But um, Jessica Bittner um, is coming in. Look at her five nineteen nominated total. Do not believe it. The type of gain she has seen, born in ninety five, in terms of the top three. She's the youngest by a decade. Now let that ring in terms of the possible progress she's making in the gym. So her nominated 190 squat in the gym, Paul, she had just hit a double. And um, what was that double weight? Uh, the double was at 195. 195 kilo for a dub. Just pulled 525 pounds. Uh, what was that in terms of the kilo conversion for? Uh, 237 and a half. 237 and a half, and um, if anyone's counting, that's also Kimberly Walford's all-time best deadlift. So she's matching. She's right up there for, and now this is in the gym. She hadn't cut weight. She hadn't squatted and benched yet, but she's pulled Kimberly Walford-style deadlift in the gym, and she's not fully peaked yet. She's squatting. And what is the world record at 90? She squatted over the world record in the gym. She's taking crazy. She's taking more than the weight she has on her nominations for doubles in the gym. She's putting in some massive. And she's only 11 kilo behind Kimberly Walford right now. 11 kilo. Now, on the last podcast, the ladies of the U.S. team let it out the bag a little bit, a little bit, that Kimberly, I think, Took a week off. I, I don't know. I, I think she was on vacation on a cruise or something. Okay. Now, when you're 40 and you got some young lions coming at you, and the same week you took off, a young lion's hitting PRs, world record style, and making gains, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's a, it's a, it's a tough call. Um, Kimberly is adding chips onto her PR, and Jessica is adding 
full on, we're talking massive yards. She's running for yards now. Can she take it right into the end zone? This is the big question. Um, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna give my picks yet because I would be I also gotta say Isabella von Weiserberg from Sweden, home cooking. And Sweden has a phenomenal team this year, and I'm glad because our host, it's good when the host nation does. Isabella von Weiserberg, really a perennial top three contender, always on the podium, and in the last couple of weeks, really starting to come into her own in terms of what I'm seeing in terms of her lifts in the gym. Um, Alyssa Smith from Canada, and Canada's got a hell of a one-two punch in the 72s. Alyssa Smith from Canada, also putting up some big numbers, um, capable of big things. And then Kristen Dunsmore from the U.S., Won the Raw Nationals, and um, also, obviously, another Lion that could post up some big numbers and possibly make a play for the podium. But, let me circle back now. If I got to make a pick, okay? And, let me just let me just preface this. Now, I used this analogy before, but believe it. It's true. Every great athlete has one more great performance. Okay? I don't know if you guys know a young man by the name of George Foreman. He fought Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield in his prime, 27 years old. George Foreman was 42. And Evander Holyfield's manager told him, you're going to train for this like he's 22 because he coined the phrase, every great fighter has one more fight in him. I don't care what he looks like in his other matchups. Holyfield came in the best shape of his life. It was a dog fight. Holyfield won it by, by decision. In, in Foreman's next fight... At 45 for the title, he fought Michael Moore, who's 26. And Michael Moore took it for granted, was walking to his right all night, was walking to Foreman's right all night, eating food, being lax. And we know how that story ends. George Foreman, 45 years old, knocked him out. And he did not take that advice. He did not heed that advice. Take the advice that I'm giving you right now. Every great athlete has one more great performance. You've seen it last year with Jen Thompson. Are we going to see it this time with Kimberly Walford? If I've got to look at the numbers. Kind of stolen here, aren't you? No, nah, well, I'm building. It's called, it's called, a, can you, I, I, it's called a slow build, Paul. It's called a slow build, love. If, I, if I'm looking at the numbers, we got nominated 530 Kimberly, nominated 530 Anna, and Jessica Bittner at 519, but she's making the biggest progress. I got to believe... Jessica Bittner is going to unseat the queen officially and take the 72 kilo class. And I'm basing this off of the progress that is staggering. Um, if, if, the, if the 57 kilo, if the hopes of Canada for the first open world champion previously had felt on Maria T's shoulders, and it still is, Jessica Bittner's every bit up there it might even be a, a, a more solid bet from what I'm seeing in the gym. Now, having said that, you will never hear me doubt a, a woman like Kimberly Walford for all the reasons I already said and Anna Castellane for all the reasons I already said. I've seen them both pull it out. But if, if I'm thinking momentum, if I'm thinking momentum, I'm thinking Jessica Bittner, and I think she edges Kimberly, and I think Anna comes in bronze. Those, that's what I think from what I'm seeing, but it's hard for me to tell because I haven't heard a lot from Kimberly in terms of her training. What do you say, Paul? So, 
I'm going to say Jessica for number one as well. I think just what she's putting up in the gym is just ridiculous right now. And she's a lifter that, again, watching her at nationals, watching her in other competitions, weight cut doesn't affect her. It, it, it should be said. I want, I'm glad you said that. Yep. Thank you. She has a massive weight cut. It does. It makes a difference when you have a weight cut from judging what happens in the gym, what happens on the platform. I get it. But you hit the nail on the head. She's been a 72 kilo. She's been cutting this weight. We've seen it. And she's still posting 519. Yep. And her training prep 519 was laughable compared to what her training prep now is. So if that training prep yielded 519, what is this training prep going to yield? Exactly. It's just the number she's putting up, as you said, unimaginable. So I'm going to say Jessica takes number one, takes the gold. I'm going to say Kim takes number two. And I'm going to throw in a curveball. And I'm going to say that Isabella takes third. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, With I- a possibility at even hitting second. Oh, and why? why, Number three. And how do you see it? Because people push themselves and start missing lifts? She's another one that's just the training she's putting up at the right time right now has been phenomenal. Fair. Like she just absolutely smoked a 222 and a half deadlift. Yeah. So you got to think 230 is probably there. She just smoked 105 on bench. So she's probably got around 105 to 110. And she's a squat beast. The only thing is, like, when you hit those numbers, and this is the same for it's, Jessica, it's in the gym. You haven't squatted in the bench gym, but, I think, but I think hometown nation, you got to give a little bit of credit to that. Oh, yeah. You got to give credit to the home stage, especially knowing that she's been traveling for a long time. Yeah. No friends, travel this time. Friends, family, everyone's there yep. watching. Pride of a nation. She's a competitor. So Pride of a nation. I think she's going to put together a showing that's going to be catching a few people off guard. And, and let me let me say something before I ask Gary his picks here. Um I'm going to echo what you just said in terms of, look, at Von Weisenberg, uh, Alyssa Smith, Kristen Dunsmore. When the top is this close, and I honestly believe the top, Walford, Anna, and Jessica could literally total the exact same. We could see body weight shifting around. When the top is that close and you're pushing each other like that, that's when the top dogs start missing lifts because you're pushed, because you're, you have to, to cover ground. And that's when you can easily see a shakeup. From three, from four, five, and six rankings could easily hop on podium because uh, th- these girls are going to get shifted. When you see Jessica, which she's going to squat, when you see Anna Castellane, which she's going to squat, that's when you know a Jessica yeah. might miss because what Anna squatted, uh, uh, Kimberly or whoever. It is, and right? the thing is, Kim, all credit to her and what she's done and what she is still doing at her age. Phenomenal lifter, obviously one of the probably the goat. But I think you're going to be seeing deadlifts way closer to her that you wouldn't otherwise expect. It, it won't be as comfortable. It's not going to be a chance for her to really... It's not going to be a comfortable pull for the win for her this time. If she can't cover the ground that she would like because not only can Jessica squat and, and narrow the gap by the time you get to deads. Um, oh, you got a big dead cool. You're going to out-dead me by five kilo? You're fell behind more than five, though. That's, that's what could no. happen. I'm not saying it will, but it's different this time around than previous. Now, we hyped the hell out of this. Let's see what Matt Gary says. I want to come at this from a little bit different angle. And I just want to, before I tell you who I think is going to win this thing, I want to talk about the squats first. So Isabella currently has the world record at 200 kilos. And I think we've got four women in this weight class where this world record, I mean, that's why lot numbers, body weights, and and attempt selection is really going to be absolutely critical here because you've got Bittner, who could be in the running for the world record. Of course, Isabella, she's hit 200 in training. But her uh, countrywoman, if you will, also from Sweden, Amelia yeah. uh, Maritzan, 
just at 200 kilo and training as well. Yeah, that's and, nuts. And so she's going to be in the mix, uh, not not for the podium, I don't think, but for that squat world record. And of course, Anna Rosa Castellane. So I think you've got four people there. Well, and, and really, actually, Alyssa Smith I was gonna say, from Canada hit 193. Uh, you got five. She, and she's hit more in the gym as well. And she's hit more in the gym. Okay. You got five. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's, I mean, talk about exciting during the squat series. I mean, that's going to that's gonna be just absolutely off the chain in terms of in terms of making lifts and lot numbers and, and you know, chipping up and so on and so forth. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Uh, Anna Rosa obviously has the advantage there in the bench press. Uh, she's benched over 125. I think she's actually done 130, maybe even 132 and a half. Uh, and so I think she's going to, you know, for the other lifters there, it's just about holding serve. And it's about making sure that you make all three benches. One thing, though, of note, just characteristically, when you study some of the attempt selection of, uh, uh, of Isabella's crew and Anna's crew, sometimes they, go, they swing for the fences on their second attempts, which doesn't leave much for their thirds, and oftentimes they miss. And so I like to use the analogy here that you've only got nine bullets in your gun, and you better damn well use every single one of them to beat Kimberly because if you, if you don't use all nine, you're not beating Kim. I'm just telling you right now. So that brings us down to the deadlifts. And so Kimberly's got the world record in the deadlift at 243 kilos. But don't forget, she's pulled 246. She did that at our Raw Nationals in 2017. And I know that that was a couple of years ago. But she's coming into this meet with a chip on her shoulder. She didn't compete last year. You know, there was some politics going on there and so on and so forth. And she's coming back. And I know that she's, she's fired up. And she wants to reclaim her throne, so to speak. And so I'm telling you, I think Kimberly's going to do it. Uh, she's totaled 549 kilos, which is nine kilos above her own world record. So I fully expect the squat world record to go down. Uh, the bench is obviously safe because Jen Thompson has the bench world record in a meet where she just kind of weighed in heavy. And the deadlift world record is going down, too. Uh, I think Kimberly is going to take the deadlift world record. I think, as you said, Jessica's going to be a lot closer uh, to Kimberly's pulls than a lot of us think. But I'm definitely uh, – I'm going with Walford. I mean, even – you know, people say that attempt selection doesn't matter. But let me tell you why it does. Who says that? Well, there's, there's people out there who, who think that, you know, like we said, you know, going nine for nine is sandbagging and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. There, there have been a couple times when Kimberly has missed lifts. And, and case in point, you look back – where she was ripe for the picking in, in, in South Africa, uh, in, in, in I believe that was, 2000 and, that was 2014 South Africa, where she missed some lifts, and then Anna didn't uh, you know, have very good attempt selection and, and couldn't beat Kimberly. And then the same thing happened again in, uh, in, in, in Belarus, where Kimberly only made six attempts. And you've got Isabella and, and Anna who look back on that and say, well, what if only? If only I'd made nine attempts. You know, then I could have dethroned her. So it's not that Kimberly can't be beaten. It's just that she comes in. She's matter of factly the strongest woman in the room. And so when you when you're going up against a lifter like that, you absolutely have to make all nine attempts. There's just no other way around it because she's that strong. So what, what, sorry, what was that total you had said? Because uh, that 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 rattled me there. What what total did you say she had registered, and where did she register that? She's done a 549 kilo total at our Raw Nationals in 2017. So okay. I know that that was two years ago. Um, and since then, she's totaled 545 and a half. Uh, she did that in a USPA meet. 
And so this 530 is a low total for her. I mean, she did that. That's her nominated total from a meet that she did in Nehru, uh, you know, to use it to qualify for the U.S. Virgin Islands. So these these numbers are a little bit low for Kimberly. Kimberly squatted 188. She's benched 115 and she's pulled 246. And so she's I'm telling you, Kimberly's going to win this thing unless she makes a mistake, unless she misses some lifts. And then these other women have to make all nine. It's non-negotiable. And so. if if she does win this, and you know how I said the comeback of Jen Thompson, in my mind, edged her ahead of Kimberly in the GOAT um, debate. If Kimberly comes back, and, and Jen Thompson did it against possibly the best women's division we'd seen last year's 63-kilo class, this is the best division we see in the women's, the 72-kilo this year. If Kimberly can come back, the big comeback story, and beat the deepest division... This could shift the whole GOAT debate right back to Kimberly. Uh, we'll have this discussion yeah. afterwards, gentlemen, I'm sure. Yeah, let's but, have um, it afterwards. But I think I'm, I'm liking Kimberly to, to win this thing. I think, as I said, she's coming in with a chip on her shoulder. She's got something to prove. And uh, she's going to get a, a, a stiff challenge from these contenders. Uh, I think that it's so hard to pick, I think, who's going to come in second. You know, as you said, it's a home game for Isabella. And she's got a big squat, and and her deadlift is on the rise. But you've got Bittner, who's right there with her. Uh, it's just it's so hard to say who can, uh, you know. I, I guess because Jessica's a little bit better deadlifter. If she makes her lifts, I'd have to go with Jessica too. But it's just, I mean, we're talking about the razor's edge here yeah. in terms of in terms. Of, I, I just think that Anna Rosa is going to get bumped off the podium um, because she doesn't typically make three deadlifts, and she's always hamstrung by her by her deadlifts i mean she just doesn't she just doesn't have the pull to contend with these ladies and so you know if she if she misses a squat or something like that she's just going to be out of the mix so um if 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 you're asking me who i think is is going to be the podium i guess i would have to pick uh walford one probably uh, isabella two and bittner three. Oh wow okay. wow okay all right well, fair enough. I mean, it is that close. I can't. I can't debate that. It is it is literally you shuffle you, you shuffle it around either which way. It's it's gonna come down to like you said, attempt selection. Um, but Kimberly's got that big the big bullet at the end with that deadlift. Um, I even even me and Paul were saying in Team Canon over here. Full disclosure, but we said Jessica's gonna be closer with the dead, but we still expect her not to come. You know, not to match her dead for dead. Just close it closer than we've ever seen. But yeah, Agreed. it's, it's going to be held. Agreed. Yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to assume. I mean, unless something goes wrong, I think you know Jessica should have the silver medal in the deadlift for sure. I don't see anybody out pulling Jessica other than Kimberly. All right. So the next is eighty three, but we got to take a quick pause here. Uh, just us, everyone listening. You won't even notice because your boy's got to do a pee break. Yep. All right. So next is the eighty threes, gentlemen. Uh, a much hyped battle between Russell Orhe and Brett Gibbs, and um, it's the return match. Now, Owen Hubbard's also returning. Now, Owen Hubbard, everybody knows him from the big battle between Gibbs and Hack, and Owen uh, took a bronze medal comfortably. Um, 2000, that was 2016. 2018, once again, took a bronze medal in, in the previous showdown between Gibbs and uh, Russell Orhe. And if I'm looking at this, a couple caveats I want to add. Last year, Russell entering the World Championships, we all know he had a squat, but his dead wasn't really appearing. It did appear on platform day. Um, it looked below what we'd seen in the gym. 
And he actually said after the fact that time passed, he waited till time passed. He didn't want to take nothing away from Brett. Enough time passed. He said, yeah, I was dealing with some back injuries. It wasn't good, but the squat was there. The bench was proving. So I thought, let's show up. Let's, let's see what happens because you never know. The, the previous year, um, Russell had an off day, or sorry, Brett had an off day himself and posted a 795. So if, if uh, Brett was having an off day, maybe even Russell not 100% might have taken it. It was worth the gamble. Juice was worth the squeeze, so to speak. They tossed around the squat world record. But ultimately, the show was all about Brett Gibbs posting the highest 10 times body weight you'd ever seen in the IPF World Championships. Brett put an 830.5 kilo masterpiece on display, a total that was big enough that would have won him the world championship a weight class up. Not very often you see that. And um, one of the best performances we've ever seen in IPF classic divisions, let alone 83 kilo. Um, So here we are, the rematch, and Russell is now deadlifting 720 in the gym. He had 765 over his knees. And to say his deadlift is going good would be an understatement. Complete night and day leading into Calgary last year for the Worlds. We all know Russell's squat, but this time, Russell's squat, he's hit a 710, which is almost mind-boggling because that's the type of training numbers 120 kilo, 105 kilo gentlemen like to hit in the gym. But this is Russell Orkey, an 83 kilo guy, taking 710 in the gym. So we're anticipating if Russell can bring it together and his back is feeling good, his squat will go up and we know his dead will go up. If he posts anywhere in the late sixes and pulls anywhere around seven, is it enough? Now, Brett has been quiet the last couple of years. When he first came out, him, Coochie, Josh Hancock, they just love their social media. Um, leading into the, the John Hack showdown, we saw tons of Brett. After the John Hack showdown, Brett decided maybe I'm showing a little bit too much. You know, maybe these fellas are seeing a little too much. Maybe there's something to to go about flying under the radar a little bit. We see a lot of fishing, a lot of spear it fishing. It wasn't even just that. He was talking about the fact that he, uh, because of it, he had a kind of the caveat of obviously overshooting his training numbers. He, leaving his best in the gym, so to speak. Leaving his best in the gym. And also, in terms of game planning, um, well, if he's going to do this, I have to do that. I'll come game day, I have to at least squat this, at least bench that, as opposed to checking out what actually happens game day and stop overanalyzing too much your numbers, his numbers, etc. Um, pulled himself off the grid like that, took himself out of that mental warfare games, just did him, and, man, the numbers don't lie. What The performance he put forth... When he actually separated himself, not buying into the other gentleman's hype nor his own hype and just ate food, whatever was there that day, and it's the best performance we'd ever seen. One of the best performances we've ever seen in IPF World Championships in the Classic Division, uh, the highest 10 times body weight total we've ever seen. Now, having said that, he's going to need something around that again. We've seen him do it once, but we've also seen him have some off days, and that's fair to say. It's not just the 2017 World Championships that Brett's had an off day. He's had some up and down totals that we've seen. He's had some misses. Is Russell in a position with that massive squat to push Brett and make a miss? If Brett misses his third squat, things get more interesting. Russell hits, Brett misses because Russell's squat is there. Russell at 100%. If you made me pick who can squat more, 
I have seen Russell squat more. Not on the platform. Brett is out squatting by half a kilo. But if you ask me who has squatted more, period, in the gym, I've seen Russell do things I cannot picture Brett doing in the gym. If he can translate that on the platform and, and Brett tries to chase, close the gap, overreaches, and misses his third, I think if they both go the strongest thirds possible, Russell's ahead. I think if Brett overreaches trying to chase him on thirds and misses, if it's Russell's huge third versus Brett's second, now we have a dogfight. Into the bench, we all know Brett's going to do work. Him and Owen Hubbard, they're, they're neck and neck in terms of who gets gold there. Um, I'd never seen Brett get out bench, but the year that he won the world championship, put the best performance we'd ever seen, he actually did get out bench by Owen Hubbard. That's just one little, that's one minor victory Owen got. I mean, uh, over Brett, it's it's quite to out bench Brett in the world championships is a rare thing. And then um, going into deads, it all depends. Um, if 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 Brett starts missing, and it depends which way it swings for him. If he has to load up big like he did against Hack, if he falls behind like he did against Hack, and he's got to load up, he's, he's got a massive dead on him. It just depends if he misses early trying to chase on squats, um, if he's got to load too much. Because against Hack, he almost pulled it out. With that last dead, it was just a little too much. It depends because we know Russell can pull. Um, and talking about Hubbard, watch out for this kid in terms of the bench. I uh, got a very solid squat. He can outbench Brett, and that's crazy to say because Brett is a bench god, but he can outbench Brett. He's done it before. He took. T- he could take the gold. I think he's a pretty solid favorite. Um, well, no, wait. I, I, I speak too, too quickly. Uh, Ulan Anura, another rematch is in here, and uh, don't believe that 750 um, qualifying total. He beat Brett in 2017, put up a 795. He's capable of more than that. And Ulan, this is a rematch. This is a three-way rematch here. Brett has to rematch Orhi, whom he defeated, and rematch Ulan, who defeated him. Against Orhi, he had his best day. Wasn't missing. Against Ulan, just like I said, he missed that third bench, or sorry, that third squat. Set him far back. Tried to pull for the win and couldn't do it. It's the same thing against Hack. Missed a squat, fell behind, tried to pull for the win, couldn't do it. I, I'm just saying, I repeat the past because the past is the best predictor of the future. If Brett doesn't go three for three, it becomes difficult when characters like Ulan in the mix who can pull, Russell in the mix who can pull, it's very, very difficult for Brett. Um, and... I almost want to say it's okay to concede and squat knowing your bench and knowing in the bigger game you have the most complete game of those. But if he goes toe-to-toe like he did in Calgary, I don't know if that's good game planning. Um, so it's, 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 there's variables. So let me say it like this. I think the stronger man of all of them is probably Brett. And if Brett plays the game where he tells himself, I don't care if or he takes a squat record, takes squat gold, that's his. And he doesn't try to go toe-to-toe with him like he did in Calgary because I think Russell's going to be squatting a lot more than he did in Calgary. And I don't think Brett's squatting a lot more than he did in Calgary. That was good enough for an 830.5 kilo total. I think that's probably as best as he can ask for this time. But I think Russell could do more. So I think Brett, if he conceits the squat, takes the bench, he has more than enough to dead and close it and win. And I think Brett is favored to do so and I think he will. I think Russell, though, has an opportunity, and he is my pick for a silver, 
But you better watch Ulan because him and Ulan are going to go toe-to-toe and Ulan can out-pull. Um, he, can, he can pull as good as all of them. Okay, now it depends on what Russell comes with his deadlift. If Russell hits his third dead, he's a good lock for silver. If he misses, sorry, if Russell hits his third squat, he's a good lock. If he misses, he, he opens the gate. Neither Brett nor Russell can miss their third squad because Ulan has that door swung wide open, as we've seen in the past. So my picks, gentlemen, I think Brett is the strongest 83 kilo alive, possibly the strongest 83 kilo of all time um, in the IPF. I know hack in terms of, um, you know, for mixing, but let's just keep it IPF for the sake of this conversation. It's a little easier. I don't want to turn this into a goat debate. <laughs> it will be here all day. I think Brett, then I think Russell, then I think Ulan and Hubbard uh, just gets edged off, um, but a, a quality guy to pay attention to. What are you thinking? So I'm going to agree with the first. I think Brett at his strongest is still stronger than Orhi. And in the case of this, I got to go one for one thinking everybody's going into their strongest. So I'm going to go Brett number one. I got to say Orhi's number two with the chance of pulling for the win. And with his way his pull's gone right lately, he very, may, he very might pull that number one spot away from Brett. And then I'm going to go with Hubbard for number three. I think it's going to play it out as it's currently nominated. Uh, and you know Ulan hit a 795 to win the Worlds against Brett. And that's two years yeah. ago. And so, he's a young guy. You still, this is true. You don't think he's going up at all? I still th- I've still got this feeling Hubbard's going to put it together there this time. So Hubbard's, Hubbard's capable. I, Hubbard's more than capable. I mean, he's a very quality lifter. Um, and let, let me also say... Or he said, ladies and gentlemen, with the way my dad's been moving, um, expect me to pull for the win. I'm not conceding. Go ahead, Matt. What do you think? Oh, wait one sec, Matt. Yeah, one second here. Sure. And, okay, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. Uh, I think it's going to unfold just as you said it. Uh, I like I like Brett 1, Russell 2, Ulan 3. I like Owen to win the bench uh, just like he did last year. I think he and Brett will toss that thing back and forth, and they'll play the lot number and chip game. And I think Owen will edge him out in the in uh, in uh, in the bench and 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 take fourth. Uh, just as you said, Ulan totaled seven ninety five, and that was in two thousand seventeen. And we can only assume that he's gotten stronger. I know that Owen's gotten stronger, but I just think that he's probably going to get edged out for that for that third spot on the podium. Uh, I like. Brett to to repeat. I think he's learned his his lesson. I think he he learned that he just needs to he he doesn't need to win. He's about winning the total. He doesn't need to win the squat. Doesn't need to win the bench. Doesn't even need to win the deadlift. He just needs to be you know an average of 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 top two in each discipline, which I think he will be. Uh, uh, I know he's been nursing a little bit of a tender quad. He's been mentioning that in some of his recent posts. I think Russell. Uh, I don't think Russ is going to squat 710. I know he did that in the gym, but I talked to Joey Flex today, and I know he's got a little bit of weight to cut. He was a little bit heavy when he did that. He also trains on pounds plates, and there's something to be said for that. And I know that Russell's come out and said that he likes the sound and the feel of the pounds and all that sort of thing, but there's something to be that's said really, for practicing yeah. like you play. That's really American a, of him. Using a stiff bar, using kilo plates. I know that Amanda Lawrence is – has found that out the hard way. She switched to kilos and has remarked about how much, uh, you know, how it feels like dead weight and so forth. So Russ is, uh, with all due respect to Russ, I love him. He's not squatting 710 at this meet. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to hit 700 uh, at this meet. I, and I think, I think Russ, uh, if he plays his cards right, 
uh, could come away with the world record. I mean, the world record uh, belongs to the gentleman, I believe, from Australia, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Nathan Tannis, we had him on the show. Yeah, six yeah, seventy two, three hundred five, three hundred five. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so I think I think look, if 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 Russ plays his cards right, I see no reason why Russ couldn't be you know above that and hit a world record squat. But I think Brett will probably concede that and take what's there and just build and do the same thing in the bench. I don't think he minds losing the bench. And uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 Russ plays his cards right, he'll you know he should be in position in theory to put something on the bar at the end for a big deadlift. But I just think that Brett Brett is kind of like Bryce Lewis, man. He's just so well rounded in all three disciplines. Yeah, and he's just you know, and so and 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 I I really just like uh, the the way that his his lifting and 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 his personality and mindset have just trended over the last year. I think he's 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 uh, He's made the turn and his arrow is pointing up. So I like Gibbs one, Orhi two, Ulan three, and uh, and Owen at four. And there you have it. So that is day one, two, and three of the IPF World Championships. Um, that is how we see the picks. Let us know how you see them. Um, obviously, in sports, anything can play out, and uh, we've seen upsets. So uh, next episode, we're going to conclude. It's going to be day Four and day five. You don't want to miss this one. Day four is the 93 kilo class, probably the most most stacked division in all the men's. The 94 kilo class in terms of the women's, big showdown between Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence. And the 105 men, always competitive. And then on the final day, the big boys come out to play. We have, uh, oh, sorry, we also have on the uh, the previous day before the 105 is the 84 kilo women. And then on the final day, the big boys come out to play and we have the 120s and the 120 pluses. Do not miss that episode. And one more plug, fusionbodybuilding.com, K-O-T-L 25, get your supplements 25% off. Until next time, six pack lapid at Palm Aaron's and Matt Gary. <laughs> <laughs> With impeccable diamond. Matt Gary. Um, peace.